Amen. Because with what God is doing in our life, he's doing not for one or two of us. He's doing it for all of us. Amen. When the, when the, when the light of day came today, it didn't just shine at my address, but it was at your address as well. Turn to somebody around in the room from where they are. Give them a wave. Amen. Give them a smile. Turn around with purpose. Amen. And give someone a wave. Give them a smile. Amen. And uh, acknowledge this as being the Lord's house and uh, not, not our house. Amen. Uh, the, um, the door that we walked through, the threshold that we crossed today, still bears the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The, the threshold that we stepped across today, the doorway that we come through still bears the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It is his shed blood for us um, that, that has been the purchasing agent for our lives, and for that we thank him today. Come on and just put your hands together. My... my now let me tell y'all, let me, let me just be honest. I figured today that everybody was going to be so excited about coming back in here that it was just going to be like crazy. Now that was what I imagined. I, let me tell you, I, I, I dreamed all night. I done preached all night. I'm, I'm already wore out. I done preached all night long. I was preaching to people last night. I, I'm trying to think of what that dream was. It was one specific person I preached last, this, last night. In my, this is in my dream. And I'm, I'm preaching last night, and it was... Um, just a lot of people that I didn't know. And uh, then some of the people started to leave. And I guess, I don't know if I was preaching too long or what. But I went over in another section. There was a whole group of people, and I started all over again. And in the end, they were just lifting their hands. This is true. And they were praising, and I remember very well what I said. The last thing that I said in my sermon in my dream was, this day will be remembered. When the Lord comes through as he will, you will say, this is the day that it occurred. Now, that's in my dream. That says to me that someone in this room today can look back at this very moment and say, this was the day. I don't know what your breakthrough is that is needed right now, but turn to somebody and tell them this can be the day for that breakthrough. This can be the day for that breakthrough. And you should be in expectation. Don't come here because this is 1231-2023. Come here because this is another opportunity. An opportunity, as I've learned in 2023, it does not knock. They say opportunity only knocks one time. Opportunity doesn't necessarily knock at all. You've got to always be willing to step in and do proactively what faith dictates you to do. You can't wait for opportunity to knock. If I waited for opportunity to knock, I would still be just, I would be about four feet tall, still living in Molten Heights, running around with dirty, muddy feet. Amen. If I waited on opportunity to knock. But it is because my faith has required of me to reach out proactively and to see some stuff, to move forward and to see some stuff. And to expect of God that which is great and mighty. Come on and clap your hands one more time in this room. I don't want to pump and prime you. I just want you to be excited today, people. Is there anybody here that will be excited with me? Come on, yell back at me. Anybody that will be excited with me? Will you be excited with me? Be excited. 
because the Lord has been just wonderful, great, all day since the time that you woke up. Amen. Amen. Who got hungry in the middle of the night? And you had to go. Now, I know one person that's good for posting, cooking whole meals at 2 o'clock in the morning that's in this room. Hallelujah. Amen. That makes me hungry when I get up, and I wasn't even up at that time of the morning. Amen. But God just does that. In the middle of the night, he just gives us our heart's desire. Amen. And he's just done that. And I want you to be excited about that. I want you to be excited about that. As we can see that um, the things that are going to happen in this earth are continuously uh, evolving and happening. A few years ago, we were out. Everyone was fearful of COVID. And now this time, they're calling it something else. Same symptoms, different stuff. Amen. Bronchitis, RSV. I didn't even know grown people could have RSV. I thought that was something that just happened at daycares. Somebody said they almost died from it. I said, oh, my God. Amen. So put a name on it, and I'll show you a God that can heal. Amen. Put a name on it, and I'll show you a God that can heal. I'm glad to see you all, and I'm glad that you um, that you decided to to be here uh, this morning uh, for uh, this service that is in person, the first time in a long time. I don't know how long, but it's the first time in a long time. And uh, but you decided to um, make it your your plans were to be here today, and we are streaming as well. We are streaming as well. And to those that are joining us there, um, uh, this is, I guess, about 30 minutes later or so than what we would normally be, but we welcome you in the spirit of Christ, all of you that are streaming with us this morning. Amen. Um, so it, it, is, it is with great purpose that uh, I did summons us to come here today because I thought it was, I do seize moments to take markers, and markers being this is the last day of the year. And I thought it's just a good time. Amen. It's a marker. It's a place where we can, uh, t- can do this. But let me tell you what I'm most grateful to God for. And God is the glory for it. And that is just because we didn't come in here and sit in one of these chairs, we didn't lose our relationship with God. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Now you know you got more than a religion. Amen. I got a relationship. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get any father from God because I didn't come in this room. Come on, somebody. I love this worship experience, but I didn't, I didn't get any father from God. God didn't do any less for me because I didn't come in this room. Amen. My health is still in place. My finance is still in place. My family is still in place. Everything that God, that God is faithful, somebody. And it's not contingent upon what we do. It's not going to be by our works. Hallelujah. At least that we should boast. But it is by, our, it is by grace through faith that we have proceeded today. So, so, so many things that I could talk about, but I want to be, um, I want to be, uh, I want to be with, with precision today and give myself to the Holy Spirit uh, to make sure that we coming here and our coming here has not been in vain. I am, man, I invited so many people. I was just telling everybody, come and go with me. And, you know, I don't tell people, um, especially since in my last venture, I don't tell nobody. I guess people figure out at some point that he's a preacher. I heard he's a preacher. He's a preacher. God said the other day, he said, uh, did you used to be a preacher? And I said, yeah. And then the other guy was with him. 
he looked at me and he said, you said you used to be a preacher? I said, I didn't say I used to be a preacher. He said I used to be a preacher. <laughs> he said, well, are you still a preacher? I said, yes, I am still a preacher. Amen. Amen. And we got all that straight. Then they started talking about that, uh, that red velvet cake. So anyway, uh, I, told, <laughs> I told a lot of people. And, uh, and I made a lot of new friends and a lot of new places. And God gets the glory out of my life wherever I go. Amen. Amen. Now, what we need to understand is we need to understand what's really going on from a God perspective. All right? Now, I'm going to give you some stuff that you need today. We need to understand what's going on from a God perspective. Make a note to yourself, and you need to say to yourself, I should not interpret the events of my life um, incorrectly. I should not interpret what happens during the course of any day incorrectly. But I need to have a God perspective about everything that's going on in my life, not by what I perceive that's going on. You can't, you can't, we're in a, we're in a new day and era. The only thing I read when I was a kid were the comics from the newspaper. I didn't, I didn't read the news, news stories. I read the comics. And I think that's about all that I got out of the newspaper. Most of us didn't read newspapers when we come up. But now they force the news on you. You know every time somebody gets shot in every state. You know every time some, some spouse kills another spouse in every, on every continent. You know, what's, you know what's going on. You know what Hamas is. You know that right now that things are going on in Jerusalem. You know, what, you know all about Hamas. So you're being force-fed and inundated with a whole lot of information about a whole lot of stuff. So much so that you just don't even know what to pray for anymore. Because there's just so much stuff that's just going on. Just, just a whole lot of stuff. Every day, it's not, uh, did anybody get shot last night? The question is, what part of town did someone get shot in? Right here in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, did you hear about the shooting? You know, where, where did it happen? It happened over somewhere over there. Happened over there, southwest Decatur, northwest Decatur. It used to just be northwest. Now it's northwest, southwest, southeast, northeast, everywhere. Downtown, crosstown, uptown, downtown. Everywhere something is happening. We need to understand what's really going on from a God perspective. First Corinthians chapter, First Corinthians chapter one and verse number twenty-seven says that God has chosen the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. That's what he says. He has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Simply mean, confound mean that he has actually, has, he has used the foolish things of this world to uh, distort or to confuse the wise, the foolish stuff, the foolishness. And he chose the lowly things, the things that everyone kicked to the side, the things that people disregard, the people who people disregard. The people who you look down upon, those are the ones that God is using to nullify the things that are. Now, that's what Corinthians said. So I really need a God perspective about this. I want to make this clear and come across clear, clear and crystal clear. God uses the stuff that we think is so wise. Oh, my God, that's smart. That's deep. And he'll use something foolish to just show you that ain't nothing. 
that's absolutely nothing. Where we make our investments, the people that we invest in, and the things that we think are so great. I'm going to follow this because it's great. You go ahead and you follow Tesla if you want to and let it take you off somewhere and run you in the river. Just because Tesla is great. I got to have a Tesla. A Tesla the other day uh, in the news. <laughs> Cassie showed me that the robots that build the Teslas attacked the man that was standing there watching the robot. It just attacked. The robot attacked him. Y'all have robots over there at... Yeah, the robot attacked the man. Yeah, the robot attacked the man that works at Tesla. Now you go figure. You know, the, the smart, intelligent, flawless robot turned and did, did you, did, am I saying that wrong? That was, don't let me tell no lie. I mean, that's what the news said. Now the news said you didn't say it. It attacked the man. Amazing, we got this stuff going on. So we would think that that's the top notch. You don't get any better than a Tesla. You got a, you got a, a Escalade. I got a Tesla. You got a this, and I got, I got a Tesla. Don't mess around and let that smart Tesla run you to your death, thinking that it is the greatest thing it is. God uses the most simple things like a tricycle, you know, like your feet that you don't want to use to walk anywhere anymore. And he'll confound the fastest vehicle that is in this world. That don't make sense to you, does it? Now, let me tell you something else. I use that to, to move to this. Love your enemies. See what I'm saying? Didn't I tell you? He'll use the most. He'll use. Come on, y'all talk back to me. Love your enemies. Now, didn't he, I just told you he'll use the foolish things. As a, now, doesn't that sound foolish? Love your enemies. Come on, y'all talk back to me. That sounds foolish. Because my enemy don't like me and my enemy wants to bring me harm. Now, why am I going to love them? Why am I going to use the love of God to love someone who don't like me and want to do me harm? But the instructions to you from a God perspective is to love them. God perspective. I'm not about to tell you what you want me to tell you because I know what you want to hear, but that's not what I'm going to say today. Love your enemies. Now you go ahead and you do it your way. And how that works out for you, write a book about it. I don't even want to know. I hope it works out for you. But the instruction is to love your enemies. And to me that just sounds totally crazy. But that's the wisdom of God. It's for me to love my enemies. Now, I wanted to start off with enemies and show you that. And the enemies of God, there are three enemies of God. That's the world, the flesh, and the devil. They don't like him. And they are out to do him harm. The world, the flesh, the flesh will never line up with the spirit of God. And I'm wrapped up in it. Right? But by the spirit of God, I can bring it under subjection. And God is going to show me his wisdom in my flesh. Whew. My God, if that don't just tear you apart. To know that from a God perspective, I've got to see that God is going to do his will, Gloria, through me. And all I am is just an earthly being. Two words. Say them with me. Enemies and haters. 
We toss that word, our words around every day. Enemies and haters. Can I go ahead and use some more of your worldly wisdom to come out to, so that it can be confound? All right? Three times, if I've got to deal with enemies going forward, somebody say from this day forward, I've got to deal with enemies. If you got enemies, let me see your hand. All right. Everybody's got enemies. All right. Everybody in here got enemies. Good. So I'm talking to you all. All right. Three times in the scriptures, once in the book of Psalms, once in the book of Hebrew, um, Acts, and then once in the book of Hebrew. Psalms, Acts, and Hebrew. That's David, uh, 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 Paul, and Peter. David uses it in Psalms, Peter uses it in Acts, and Paul uses it in Hebrew. And they all had the same thing to say about enemies that hate you and want to do you harm. What did they say? You don't know. I'm going to tell you. God will make your enemies your footstool. David said it. Peter said it. And Paul said it. That's enough for me. If they said it, I said it. God will make my enemies my footstool. Oh, man, I'm going to love them to death because I want to be kicking my feet up. I'm going to love on them because I need enemies so that my feet can get some rest. I'm preaching. I'm preaching hard. Three times. David, King David, man after God's own heart, God will make your enemies your footstool. In the book of Psalms, Peter says it in the book of Acts while preaching. And Peter lifted up his voice on the day of Pentecost, and he began to declare the word of God. And in the middle of his sermon, he said that God will make your enemies your footstool. Paul was talking to the Hebrews, and he said to them as well, Hebrew people, God will make your enemies your footstool. Are y'all hearing me here today? So I got three times that God wants three times from three different men of God that he wants to communicate to me the message that the enemy is actually working on my behalf. Because enemy is simply a premise for me being a king. Preach, Don. Because in order for me to be a king, I got to have a kingdom. And if I got a kingdom, I got enemies. And without enemies, I don't have a kingdom because every kingdom has to have an enemy. And the enemies of God are the flesh and the devil and the world. And if there were not the world and the flesh and the devil, then Jesus wouldn't be king. Jesus came here with enemies. Oh, my God, preach, Don. They ain't getting it yet. In order for him to get to Calvary, he had to be pushed to Calvary to save me by his, thank you. Because if he didn't have enemies, he would have still been kicking it at mom and daddy's house. But because of his enemies, his mother and his daddy went south into Egypt to avoid the enemies. But while he went down into Egypt, he was fulfilling the prophecy which said that the king shall come up out of Egypt. But what forced him there in the first place? His enemy. His enemy. His enemy. Who kissed him with the kiss of death? His enemy. 
out to do him harm, out to do him no good. But notice, it's his enemies that constitute him being a king. And it's your enemies that make you a king and make you a queen. You're a queen because you have enemies. Somebody's out to get you. You have been designated to have the authority and the power, hey, Raj, that you have. One somebody was going to show up. The power that you have by virtue of God making you kings and queens. But you can't be a king and hate your enemies. In order for you to be a king, you got to love them. Huh? At the end of the day, what does a king do with his enemies? He lifts his feet up. And his enemies become his what? Footstool. But God said, I'm the one that's going to do that. I don't need you trying to deal with, somebody say, I need something. I'm about to drop you a nugget. This point forward, while you loving them, stop trying to deal with them. God said, that's my business. I'll make your enemies your footstool. I just threw revenge out the window. You ain't got to get back at nobody. God got your get back. And you're going to get knocked back as far as God pushed you back. Am I preaching in here today? Stop spending your time dealing with your enemies. Tell somebody what he said. You're wasting your time and my time too if I'm in covenant with you. If you and I are supposed to be working progressively and productively and you back there swatting at the enemies. And depending upon your kingship, you got enemies like stink got flies. What that mean? A lot of them. Somebody say, because I'm that kind of king. I'm that kind of queen. Huh? You're not a queen by the, by the height of your stilettos. You're not a queen by the length of your hair. You're not a queen by the manufacture of your makeup. You're queen by virtue of the number of enemies that you have. That's out to get you because of what God has called you. Huh? Even in David's own household, all of his brothers became his. Why well, y'all don't want to say it? So if David is going to be chased and assailed by all of his brothers, all of your cousin them, they at you too. Huh? Stop falling out because your family falling out with you. That all has to do with your kingship. That has to do with your queenship. But God said, I will deal with. Huh? So the next time I call you, gentlemen, if I call you next time, I ain't did it yet. But if I call you and say, I tell you what, so and so and so and so and so, I tell you what, wait a minute, I'm going to call you back because I'm finna go over there. I'm finna get this straight. Say, hold up, pump your brakes, preacher. Hold on. That's God's business. Huh? If you say something to me in the coming year, 
and you start concluding that you're getting ready to go and in, 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 in exact revenge, I'm going to say, pump your brakes, hold on. Huh? That's your enemies. You got them by the number. Enemies. Somebody say enemies. Without an enemy, you can't be a king, you can't be a queen. Whatever your kingdom is, your kingdom is your address. Your kingdom is your pedigree. Your kingdom is your geographics. It's your demographics. Wherever you have and God sets you up, you become the king of that. Huh? You're the queen on your job. We had a conversation. Oh, they can't wait till you get back. Me? What? You can't wait. I thought I was the one y'all wanted to get rid of. Now you can't wait till I get back? Oh, we miss you. See your queen, see your kingdom. Huh? All of that, all of that wanting to get rid of me, and now I'm gone, but you can't wait till I get back. Boy, I'd send them a good message. That depends if the Lord let me come back. Y'all might be trying to figure some stuff out. Huh? Am I preaching? Am I preaching? They will deal with you like you don't matter. You're not worth a dime till you're gone. Hmm? They treat you like mess. Disregard you. Just give you pure Hades all day. And then as soon as you're gone, when you coming back? If I be back. My kingdom. When your enemies cease to exist, so does your kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. So tell somebody, stop wishing your enemies away. Because God will make your enemies your footstool. Now, who got haters? This one's going to be short. Now, you know what? Kennedy didn't raise for enemies, but for haters, boy, she, she took put both hands. She really wanted both of them to go up. Go ahead, put them both up. Let me preach to you for a minute. Maybe that's because you run so fast. I don't know why they're hating on you. But I will tell you this, and you listen to me real good. The term hater is not in the Bible. Amen. We made it up, but it sounds good. I'm going to take this stuff in the world, and I'm going to apply it to 1 Corinthians, what I said a few minutes ago. All right? Haters. We all got them, right? What is the derivative of a hater? Where did a hater come from? When it comes to word etymology, where did hater come from? You know, we make it up, but everybody use it. Everybody uses it, so we're going to word it. Now, in order for there to be a hater, there has to be a Haiti. Hater got to hate on somebody. I'm going to make this one quick. This Donology. All right? If there is a hater, there has to be a Haiti. Come on, you all. Work with me. You got to work because this one fast. If there is a hater, there has to be a. So all my haters are hating on me, and I am the hate E. Right? So now you the hate E, meaning you're the person that's being on. Right? So all your haters are hating on you, and you're the hate E. Right? All right. I'm the hate E. I'm praying for my enemies, and guess what I'm doing with my hate E's? My haters. I'm knowing that landlords have to have tenants and employers have to have employees. I'm a Haiti. 
Everybody that's hating on me, work for me. <laughs> y'all ain't getting it. Y'all, y'all miss, y'all miss. That went way off. That went way over y'all head. Landlords ain't a landlord without a tenant. And the tenant pays the landlord. An employer ain't an employer, employer without an employee. And the employer plays the employee. Am I right? I'm a Haiti. I pay my employers. <laughs> Y'all ain't messing with it. That's all right. Deuteronomy 28. You will lend to many nations and will not borrow. I got a lot of haters. Why? Because I'm doing the lending and not the borrowing. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. The Lord will make you the what? Head. And not the what? Why you got haters? Because I'm lending and I'm the head. I'm just like an employer. I got what? Employees. Am I, t am I, t what am I, y'all? What, what, what is, why is so quiet? Y'all, why y'all looking at me like this? Clap your hands somewhere. <laughs> so keep on hating on me and you're going to soon make yourself my, thank you. Because anytime God blesses you to own anything through giftedness or creativity, running, you can beat me, Kennedy. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't no competition. I ain't going to hate on you, baby. I'm going to root for you because I can't run. Glory, you right here with me and you right there together. We for you. We more than the whole world against you because we can't run to the bathroom. Huh? But anytime God blesses you with creativity or giftedness, somebody say yes, yes. you're going to have haters, so stop tripping. And guess what? If you don't own anything through creativity or giftedness, you ain't got no haters. You just got a lot of wishful thinking. You want to have haters own something. People don't hate on you because you rent. <laughs> they ain't going to get with it. Own something. 2023, I'm going to get to the scripture. 2023 has been one of the most transforming, it's one of the most transformational years in my life. This dawned. That's because not only has it been a year of maturing, but for me, it's been a year of maturing and a year of development. I have had years of maturing and I've had years of development, but 2023, I did both maturing and development. Now, that's for me. Developing and maturing. That's why it's been one of the most transforming years in all of my life. It's been the bridge between 2023. Let me put it to you this way. 2023 has become the bridge between knowing what faith is and activating unrestrained faith. Oh, I could preach it. And I knew how to say it in Greek and in English. The hypostasis. Now faith is the hypostasis of things hoped for and the elikos of things not seen. I knew it in English and in Greek. 
but I had not exercised it or experienced it unrestrained. Did y'all hear what I just said? It has become the bridge because on this side, it is no longer faith that I talk, but it's faith that I activate. Somebody asked me, what do you mean? Break it down. You ain't going to hear me. You got to watch me. I've talked it long enough. Now, show me. How many people here learn better by reading? How many learn better by actually putting your hands to it, doing it? Then stop reading it. Do it. Stop waiting on somebody give you Hebrew again, 12 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I know you got that with your intelligent self. Now let me see you put that in action. Hmm? Development and maturity. Faith is no longer something that I have. Who in here have faith? Yeah, you got it. Now, how many here can say faith is who I am? What is it to have faith and it's not actually who you are? All you're saying is, I'm going to go to heaven anyhow. I'm preaching. No one in this room today who has been called by God will actually experience the wonders of God until you transition so that your faith becomes who you are. Somebody said, my faith is who I am. My faith is who I am. This has been a transitional year. Development and maturity. I tell my faith, don't show me if you ain't ready to do it. And if it can't be done, it ain't faith. Preach down. Time is out for the idea of what God, if you're a healer, let my faith activate that. Huh? I get up in my own self and tell myself, you haven't aligned yourself with your faith. I don't care. Somebody say, what are you talking about? Stop procrastinating about that doctor's appointment that you need to make right now. Stop. Oh, well, if you got faith, you don't need to make that doctor's appointment. Yes, you do need to make that doctor's appointment. But you're not activating your faith is because you're getting busy doing everything but that. Preach, Don. You keep putting it off. I'm talking about some real stuff. It's time for your colonoscopy. Get it. It's time for that. Oh, I'm 40. I'm going to wait till I get 45. They told you 40. Don't wait till you get 45 and they tell you if you had to come when you were 40, you could have prevented this. Do it. Be about it. Keep saying amen, people. Be about what you're supposed to do for yourself. Become the faith. 
I'm going, well, where are you going if you got faith? Because I'm going to show them and remind myself, I'm good. I got the paperwork to show it. I'm good. All sickness is not unto. Go see that it's sick, but you ain't going to die. Shucks, y'all. I got some living witnesses in here. I got a whole lot of them, and you know who you are. What the doctor said versus what your faith said. Amen? Amen. Y'all talk back to me. So now, here's where I am right now. I'm on the hour now. Right now. So I asked God over this period of coming in here. I said, okay, God, this is in my spirit. I said, if you chose Don to be one of the disciples in the Bible, which one would I be? He said, Peter. That's, that was my attitude. I said, I ain't no gangster. He said, no, you ain't no gangster. But you'll be Peter. Because, you see, when I think about Peter, all I think about is being strapped and Holy Ghost thugging. They touched Peter. They touched Jesus. Peter cut the man's ear off. That don't sound like me. Huh? He said Peter. So I didn't see that. And all Jesus told Peter to do was put your sword away. He didn't chastise him. He didn't dog him out. He just said put it away for now. <laughs> for the time has not yet come. Don't throw it away, put it away. So I looked at it and I say, I've had some Peters over my life. I know a few. One used to ride with me everywhere I go. That was my father-in-law. Peter to the third degree. That pistol was everywhere I went. Right there. That's a Peter. Huh? But I just never thought myself to be a Peter. Y'all with me? Y'all, why y'all getting quiet? So our father asked God, I said, God, in what way, in what manner am I like Peter? He said, because when I met you, the same way I met Peter, I had a conversation with him. Now, do you remember that conversation that I had with you and your soul? I said, Lord, what was it? He says, I said to him, like I said to you, if you love me, feed my sheep. Oh, I said, I guess so. He said, feed my sheep. And then a third time, he said, feed my lamb. Y'all ain't ready for this. But when it hits you, I want you to go ahead and just stand up for a second and then sit right back down. And then I realized, and I knew, and I know more now, the reason that I'm so much like Peter is because when I say, he said, feed my sheep. I said, feed my sheep. Second time, then the third time, he said, feed my lamb. He said, Don, I'm about to push you through generations. You're going to be there for the parent and then the child and then the grandchild. Thus, Raj is here. And Glory is here, too. And you got to figure out the generations between the two. Because just the way you feel about me is the same way he feel about me. 
<laughs> and I feed sheep and I feed lamb. And Cash is a lamb and Eddie, you are sheep. And what you hear ain't what he hears. But I've got to speak so that both of you are fed. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. If you love me, feed my sheep. And then he said, feed my lamb, which meant that I'm going to trust you with generations. Are y'all ready for what I'm about to say? You better believe me when I tell you, sheep get mad at you when you start feeding lamb. Throughout my great commission, the sheep generation be through with me when they see me turn to the lamb. Molten Heights. Everything was wonderful, well, and good as long as I was paying the older people attention. But as soon as I turned my attention to them young folk, huh? I'm going to tell, tell you a whole bunch of stuff. We had to fight to get them drums in there. Oh, but you let the gospel southern airs come through there. They could bring guitar, horns, flutes, harps, and everything else. Because they, I, I, don't look at me, I, I don't care, you ain't got to say amen. They love that gospel singing, but you weren't going to bring no drums up in there. But they go doing that, doing that, the gospel southern airs and harmonies and the, and the this and the that, you could bring everything that you got. But then as far as coming in here so that these young people can exercise their giftedness, that's too loud. Ain't no drums in the Bible. It's some flutes and horns in there, and I ain't seen any of them. Why don't, why don't churches have flutes and horns? Just drums and this. And then here's another thing. When I turn to feed the lamb, other pastors get jealous because they don't love sheep. They just want the sheep wool. I'm preaching. They don't want the sheep because sheep are difficult to keep up with. They are extremely needy. And you into sheep business and they in the wool business. And you ain't worth no more than your wool. And the only reason you getting the message that you getting, the time that you getting, is because they fattening you up for your wool. They could care less about what happened to you. The sheep and the lamb. And newsflash, I'm going to keep on feeding the sheep, and I'm going to keep on feeding the lamb. Hey, you clap. That's right. You clap. You clap. Ain't nobody clap but the lamb. I'm going to keep feeding the sheep, and I'm going to keep feeding the lamb. Lamb don't have to come to church. Lamb don't have to have no meeting. Lamb don't have to have no explanation. Lamb just happy to be there. Y'all ain't listening to me. Ellie had a puppy. Ellie is the sheep. The puppy is the lamb. How many puppies do a dog user have? Guess how many she had? One. Big and black. Ellie had one. 
One. Ellie said, I done paid my dues. That's it. Cassie out there. Come on, push, Ellie, push. Ellie just looking at her. Come on, you got one out. Come on, come on, come on, push, push. She told Ellie that all day long. She went out and looked in the woods. She said, because Ellie done laid the rest of them out there in the woods, and it's the only one that she got up here, and she done took the rest of them out there. Then she got her mother calling all the way down from Aniston, my mother-in-law calling down. Go out there and look in the woods and find some more. Sheep and lamb. All right? Now let me tell you all about this little puppy. Right? Ellie looked at how we were treating that little puppy and got jealous. Because this used to be all of my attention. So she brought the little puppy and dropped it off with Cassie and went on out in the woods. Take care of it. Because I got some things to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to get the difference here between sheep and lamb. So guess what Cassie did? She went and bought some formula and a bottle. If you do that for the puppy, I'm going to do that for the lamb. I'm going to go get some formula and I'm going to give me a bottle. And I'm going to feed them milk until they're ready for me. And hopefully, this generation, I'm going to show them, don't become dependent, just like Bree is doing now. Pastor Hurt is Pastor Hurt no matter where he is. He ain't got to be in the church house. He ain't got to be on the what? Because he always good for a sermon. Ain't that right? On the job, in the middle of trying to check somebody out, I'm, I'm on the middle of a sermon. And she's trying to work, and I'm preaching. I'm taking care of the lamb. I'm hoping you're getting this. So I have generations that I'm going down through, development and maturity. He also told me the reason why I have Peter characteristics is because you don't deal with being hypocritical. You don't deal with the idea that you're overly concerned about how people judge you when the, there's no condemnation known unto men except that that you condemn yourself by. Yes. You don't, in other words, you don't have to pretend to be a saint. I said, what do you mean? He says, when I called you and graduated you, are y'all ready for this? I stepped on your boat. What do you mean? When I called you and I told you to feed my lamb and feed my sheep, I came and got you in your workplace. I came and got you in the middle of your career. Somebody say preach today. I came and got you on your workplace, and I told you I need you to police for me. I need you to fish for me. Where did Jesus meet Peter? He met him while he was out doing what? Fishing. Am I right? So God went to get Peter on his job and told him, I want you to stop in my case, policing for them, and I want you to police for me. Are y'all hearing this? He came and he said, the keys that you're using now to keep people locked up, I'm about to give you keys so that you can unlock everyone that's locked up, shut up, closed up, traditioned up, churched up, messed up, tore up from the floor. I'm giving you keys so that you can go into people's lives and unlock them. Oh, I'm still a police. I got a badge on. Y'all don't see my badge? Y'all don't see my badge? It's the breastplate. Huh? Y'all don't see my badge? 
is my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Y'all don't see my badge? I'm still policing. He didn't take anything from me. I'm still about now the true justice. Why is it some folk ain't here ain't saying nothing? Some of y'all ain't saying nothing yet. What's wrong with y'all? Is y'all mouth, what is wrong? Okay, say something every now and then. Show some kind of sign. Say something. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I hear the sheep in here. You took the keys of my career and you traded them in for the keys of my calling. He had already started with me when I was working because I couldn't figure out why I'm on the third tier at San Quentin and there's some folks in here that I've come to know so much that I judge that they feel sorry for what they did and I want to let them out knowing that I'm going to go to prison too. I'm telling y'all the truth. That was already in my heart. Blunt. Third tier. I don't know what cell. I talk to him every day. Good people. He said, I committed my crime, but the only reason that I'm sorry that I'm in here is because I hurt my mother. But as far as this system, I don't have regard for it. That, that man didn't deny what he did. He said, I did it, and I hurt my mother. I didn't hurt anybody as bad as I hurt my mother. Man, I wanted to let that dude out. There ain't a day that I didn't carry him out of that institution with me. God was getting me ready to give me the real keys. Because if I had to use that key, I would have been subject to the key. But with the keys that God gave me, I can let folks out and the jealous don't even know they out. Talk to me. Bad Bob called me yesterday on my cell phone. And he's still incarcerated. He on work release. I know I'm live. But Bad Bob called me and said, Don, I just want to let you know where I am. I ain't working down there at the brick no more. I'm working here up at, at Bank Street Bar and Grill, and I need you to know where I am. Jesus. Jesus. He's an inmate. Jesus. But he needed to let me know where he is. Obviously, I must be watching over his soul, or he feeling bye. Huh? He didn't come in and stand up. He didn't come by letter, by Christian experience, or by baptism. He just came in just like he was. Huh? And don't you come down there wanting no Don's club sandwich, and that ain't what you want. He ordered a whole bunch of food so it can take him a long time to talk to me. Don't he breathe? Rod's coming in, order $40 worth of food, and then come in the kitchen and talk to me while I'm fixing. <laughs> and this is what he'll do every time. Hey, coach, while you're fixing that, let me, let me run this by you. True? Because I have to feed the lamb. I have to feed the sheep. And they're keys because it doesn't require you to be a name or a member on a roll. It requires you to be God's child. Yes. That needs a word from the Most High God. Everybody clap your hands in here. 
So then when he come to me, and then he says, okay, I done come on your job. I took you off. Guess what he told me to do next? He said, drop your net. Somebody say preach. Drop your net. Drop my net. That's what he told Peter. Drop your net. Drop my net. Yeah, drop your net. I'm going to see who catches this. God told me to drop my net. But a net is not only what you use to catch fish. A net is what's left after the gross. <laughs> Drop your net. Because when you start feeding my sheep and my lamb, you can't worry about what's left. You just got to drop your net. Huh? Y'all still got y'all net subject to the IRS. I got mine subject to the Most High God. And I can do with my net what you can't do with your net. Talk, God! When I dropped my net, I caught a drought that was so great that it broke my net, but I still brought in enough fish to sink my ship. And here you are, living out of necessity, squeezing, robbing Peter to pay Paul with your net when you need to learn. Tell somebody, drop it. Hold on, they ain't ready. You got to be willing to put down everything and walk in faith. Huh? You've got to be willing to say, Lord, everything belong to you. You weren't going to get me locked into no 10%. If you were married to me, I'm going to take care of this household, but you better believe when we get finished, the, the, the rent going to get paid at the church, the light going to get paid. I say, when we get finished. Y'all catch that? I didn't say I made my household suffer. I said that I did away with a lot of that livelihood to make sure that when we, listen, and we moved and couldn't keep up paying $800 and came down here and ain't never missed a lick on $2,500. Preach, Don. Folk didn't change. Number didn't change. What changed? The faith. The faith. Drop your net. And even though the net broke, somebody say, I need my net to break. I mean, I needed to be just that heavy. Come on, tell God what you wanted to do. Break my net. Break my net. Now, here's my question to you. When it's broken, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, that, that's because you know what the scriptures say, but I say what you going to do. I didn't say what the scriptures say. And I pray that that's what you're going to do. He brought in a drought of fish that his ship began to sink. Talk done. Who in here know what it's like to make too much money? Y'all said, uh. His net brought in so much 
that he had to give it to his other partners. I'm in the text. He had to give it to his partners to keep himself from sinking. You ain't got to give somebody a piece of something that you barely got yourself. You need to start giving out of the overflow. Preach now. Somebody say, out of the overflow. Out of the overflow. Now, you got to stop playing in shallow water. Because you can't catch great fish in shallow water. He said, Don, in order for you to do this, when you drop your net, you got to go out deep. That means that as you go out deep, you're going to have to walk away from a nine to five. Talk, Don. You're going to have to leave behind that old mindset. What was Peter's old mindset? I done toiled all night long. I'm ready to retire. God said, turn down from what? I just began to turn up. Somebody say this, section eight is a step. It's not a stairway. Launch out into the deep. Food stamp is a shallow step. It's not a harvest. Huh? You got to stop letting what's a step become the end of all things, the answer to all things. I'm preaching. He broke his net, but he was still able to bring in so much that he began to sink. Now, the only way you're going to start enjoying life is you got to give your way to enjoyment. God didn't give you what he gave you. That's not what make you a king. Not your stilettos, not your perfume, not your hair, not your garments, but the way that you give. Huh? How do you run your kingdom? Through giving. I'm preaching. It's being able to give when God move you and touch you to give. You got it to give. Oh, this is a challenge. Preach, Don. I can think about what I need to do with what I got, and God will tell me to do something else with it, which means give it. And the first thing that I'll come back to God with is the same thing that all of us come back to God with. You gave me this to do that with it. No, I didn't. I gave you this to do that with it. Huh? Look at somebody and tell them, just give it away. Give your way into abundance. Everybody that was on the sea that day got blessed because of Peter's obedience. Am I preaching? Because of what God did for Peter, somebody say, outside my salary. Where are you going in 2024? Outside my salary. Go ahead and say it ain't about my salary. This I'm, I'm walking. I'm, I'm, some folks still ain't saying nothing, but that's all right. That's all right. If you're going to sit up, you need to talk up. Huh? And you ain't so deep in this message that you can't say nothing. And I can hear everybody's voice and it ain't that many folks. Outside my salary. Let me get to my text. Three verses and I'm finished. Matthew 14. Three verses. Matthew 14, most of the time all of us have encountered the scripture and we've encountered it. Why did we encounter it? Because Peter walked on the water. Somebody say, Peter walked on the water. Is it on the screen up over me? All right, verse number 22. We've encountered this because this is where Peter walks on the, on the water. Now, most commonly, our approach is Jesus is walking on the water. That's where we go. That's where the preacher going to preach. He's going to hoop right there. He's going to kill it. And Jesus came. Mm -hmm. 
walking. And yeah, everybody crazy because Jesus walking on the water. Ain't no miracle that Jesus walking on the water. That's God. Say this with me. God can walk on water. You killed it on something that was very obvious. Now God going to dig in this and he going to show you something that's going to confound all of that little wisdom that you got in that seminary and all of that. And he going to show you something that you didn't see. Now, I expect God to be able to walk on the water. Do you? So the miracle is when folks like Peter and me walk on water. You say it like I said it. When Peter and me walk on water. Okay, all right? Now, we got something. When folk like us walk on water. I need y'all to holler if this applies. People have actually watched you walk on water, but they were watching you waiting on you to sink. I said holler. They said they feel it. You have walked. That's why folks, that's why you got haters. That's why everybody looking at you. It's because you are walking on water. You are doing what they prayed against God to do for you and they didn't want you to do and they never thought that you would do it but you doing it shouldn't be able to do it they don't understand how you're doing it and the only reason they're watching you is they are waiting on you to sing they weren't benevolent with you they weren't grieving with you. They were waiting on you to fold under the pressure of losing the person that you love. That's the only reason they watched you. They're watching you because you got to take the grandbabies in and take care of the babies and the grandbabies. And they watching you and then they'll call like they really want to help you. And they ain't helping you. They just calling to see if they can hear you gurgling under the water, under the pressure. Somebody talk to me in this house. The only reason they're watching you. And the reason you got so many people watching you. And you waiting to walk. And they waiting on you to sink. And you wondering when I'm going to walk. And God say preach to them and tell them. They've been walking. They've been walking. They've been walking. All this time you've been walking. You've been walking. And the reason you don't walk. You don't know you walking. Is because you walking by sight. And not walking by faith. Because if you were walking by faith. You would know you were walking on the water. You can't even figure out how you're doing it yourself. Huh? Look at what you had coming in and look what went out. Huh? No, don't, don't look at your tax papers because that's a, that's a big lie. Huh? That's not the truth. Look at how much you gave out. 
that you didn't even count because when you do it, you don't even count that. You can't put that on your taxes. You don't ask somebody for a 1099 every time they ask you for $20. You don't ask somebody for a 1099 every time they need $5 to go to the gas or you just go ahead and you just do it. You don't make people fill out 1099. Somebody say, I've been walking. I've been walking. God chose you out of a whole lot of people that didn't make it. Huh? And every now and then, you'll turn around and you'll look and you'll see some folk who didn't make it. God brought you through your peers and through your friends and you don't like to look at it like that. But they gone. And you still here. Keep walking. Tell yourself, keep walking. Now tell God, God, I'm walking. Oh, walking on water means that you define the odds. Walking simply means you're not supposed to be able to do it. Walking on water means it ain't logical. You can't have mathematics and faith. They use totally different properties. Subtract to add. Huh? Subtract to multiply. Am I right? Peter, catch this now, didn't take his walk on a sunshiny day. But Peter took his walk in the middle of the storm. Somebody say, talk to me. God expects the most out of you when you're going through pure hell. When you got every reason to say, Lord, why are you calling me? I'm already up to here. And you want me to take a walk while I'm already sick in my body, hurting in my finance, family ain't acting right, kids stuck on stupid, parked on dumb, and you want me to take a walk. Can we wait until things get better? Huh? But Eddie, he'll have you take your walk when you need attention yourself. Am I preaching here? Huh? God wants you to do the impossible while everything is already chaotic. And he wants you to just do it right there. Somebody say, while the storm is occurring. Now, the reason some of you all can't get the net together is because you're waiting on the storm to cease. You're waiting on a sunshiny day. Talk, Don. I'm going to buy the house when I get in range. Huh? I'm, 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 I'm going to start my business but I got to make some more money first. Huh? God wants you to see what he can do so that you can say to him, with him, all things are possible. If you wait till the sun shine, you're going to want the glory. 
But God says, I'm calling you out in the midst of the storm. So that when you are asked by somebody, how did you get over? Come on, somebody. Talk to me here. If it had not been, I ain't going there today, so don't even call me. Don't expect that. I'm not even going there. For the Lord that were by my side. Come on, somebody. Y'all hearing this? You got to do things. Yes. Peter didn't wait till the sun came out. Huh? Peter didn't wait until the storm calmed down. God says to three people in this room right now, while you're in your mess, I'm about to do the most. Who want to who wanna attest to that? While you're in your mess, stand on your feet. While I'm in the middle of everything that I'm having to deal with, God is about to get the most out of me. So that others will look at me and I don't have to tell them I'm saved and I'm sanctified. They're going to look at me and say, truly, surely, this person right here, this person right here, this woman right here, come on somebody, come on somebody, did you ever hear your mother say that she was a single mom? Then why is that coming out your mouth? Huh? Because she didn't ever feel like she was by herself. So don't you feel like you by yourself. Come on, somebody. Eight years old, Harry Hurt was out of here. God says that's it. But I never heard the term come from my mother. I'm a single mom. You know why? Because as long as she had, y'all be seated. Stop doing these things that the world is doing. I'm about to do something in your life that brings me glory. Somebody say, the glory is yours, Lord. We walk by faith, not by what things look like. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. I got two verses. So here it is. Peter walked on the water. Now, look at verse number 22, and I want y'all to tell me what the first word is in that verse. Huh? Can't be. Because you said next year. What did it say? No, because you said when all the kids get grown. Can't be. What did it say? No, you said when I get through with college. No, he said immediately. Come on, somebody. Now, immediately is up to you. Somebody want to declare in the next 72 hours. Somebody want to declare in the next 48 hours. Somebody want to say before I walk out of this room. Somebody say immediately. There's somebody, there's a word right here for you in your 2024. I don't want you putting off what you're going to do in the summer. Don't tell me what you're going to do in the fall. I want you to speak right now what faith says that it's going to do. Somebody said immediately. I'm still in 22. The first time that I read where Jesus tells his disciples immediately. Do y'all hear this? This is the first time that I heard Jesus tell his disciples to stay here while he goes somewhere else. Are y'all looking at this? He gave them permission. Huh? To do what? Go ahead. Right? So now you telling me don't do that. Don't wait to summer. Don't wait to that. I'm telling you today, God telling you to go ahead. Huh? I'm right here. Go ahead. I'm preaching. Then tell me I'm preaching. He tell you go ahead. Huh? Without me? Without me? Go ahead. Without you, Lord? Do what he says to do. Go ahead. 
and do it when? Immediately. Don't wait later on. I need you to now start putting in your spirit what's going to happen next. You go ahead and speak it right now what's going to happen next. You go ahead. People be talking about getting debt free and stuff like that. I ain't going to ever be debt free. God got too much for me to do to be debt free. He got too much for me to do to be debt free. He didn't show me how to get what I want when I need it for what he wants me to do. So I ain't going to ever be debt free. Huh? No, it ain't going to happen. That ain't happening. I ain't trying to. I'm not one of them that's looking for that prophetic call for the prophet to call me up and tell me you're going to be debt free in the next because I'm not going to be that. Huh? I got too much going on in my life to be debt free. Huh? Because if I see it and my face says I want it, then you just use whatever that number is. And then that depends on how my faith is. Because if my faith is in my tongue, when I say to you, do it, you're going to do it anyhow. Whether you don't want to do it or not. Talking here today. He tells them to go ahead, right? Now ask me, why would he tell them to go ahead? It's because you can't get so stuck on your present that you can't move into your future. And Jesus wants you to go on into your future while he deals with your past. I'm preaching right now. Do you not see it in verse number 22? What did I tell you to do with your enemies? Leave them over to God because he's going to make them your what? Footstool. Do you see how God is separating them from who's being left behind? Y'all so stuck on folks that y'all don't know how to go when Jesus tells you to go because they can't go. You trying to carry them on an assignment that God gave only you. Somebody say, I'm preaching. You trying to carry everybody. You always want to carry everybody. Then look at somebody and tell them God said he don't want you with anybody. You just go. Now you worried about everybody that's back there. Jesus said, this is my business. I'm going to deal with those that are left behind. Is that in that verse or do I need to turn around and read it? Is that in there? What, how does it read? Going ahead and what? To the other side, right? Go to verse number 23. What does it say? Change it. Well, somebody get their Bible. Because that's, that's the wrong one. 14 and 23. Read it. There it is. There it is. Okay. No, 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 no. No. Go back to 23. I need Matthew 14 and 23. Do I not have it on there? It's not there. Go back one more. It ain't on there, is it? Okay. Do you see one on there that say Matthew 23? Read it. Thank you. No, no, no. Matthew 14. He gonna read it for y'all loud. Aloud. Yes. And when he had did what? What multitude? No. The disciples have been told to go ahead. Jesus stayed back at the shore to deal with those he left behind. Jesus is going to deal with the people that you leave behind. Read it one more time. Read 22 and 23 for me. Read it. Immediately, he forced them. 
Go ahead. Why does he have to force you? It's because you don't do good with leaving folk behind. He, they put the word constrain. It's because we have a problem, Raj, when we attach ourselves to things and people, we don't know how to let it go so that God can truly bless us. He constrained them. Y'all going to get on this boat tonight. Oh, yeah, you're going to get on it. And you're going to go on. And I am going to stay here and deal with those that you leave behind. Am I in the text or not? That's not your problem. You're trying to make sure everybody's going to be all right. You can't do what God wants you to do and make sure everybody's going to be all right. You got to move on. He could, somebody say he made them get on board. Work me, Lord. And he, he worked with them that were there immediately. He constrains them. And then he's staying back to take care of the people that they left behind. Now, what did he do? He dismissed the crowd. Right? That's verse. Now, Jesus is going to take care of folk that you leave behind. Will y'all hear this? The people that are left behind, say this with me, is not my assignment. So stop trying to pacify people that God told you to leave behind. Stop pacifying them. Those are the ones that who going to deal with? Jesus is going to deal with them. The people that are left behind, they didn't do anything to you. It's just that God told you to go on. They're not the ones that are part of your assignment. I need you to go on in what? Faith. You cannot become so attached to what's behind you that you choose familiar over future. Did I just help somebody? Verse number 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up into a mountainside and he prayed. He prayed. Somebody say, what are you teaching me, Lord? Just because you are alone don't mean that you're lonely. Did y'all hear what I said? Where did he go? He went to himself. And he did what? He prayed. All right? Now, I feel like I'm inclusive in that prayer. That means that while I'm going on, he put me out there on prayer. He didn't leave me. He may have left me in person, but he didn't leave me without his voice. He didn't leave me without his prayer. Somebody say, I'm out here on a prayer. Huh? Even though Jesus told me to go on in faith, he's still praying for me. Am I preaching here? There's a season that you're going to be alone. Somebody say, I'm going to be alone. But being alone don't mean that I'm lonely. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. A lot of people holding you back is because they playing that on you. And that's why you can't get where you're supposed to go. It's because they know as long as they feel like they make you feel like you are their assignment, then you're going to stay right there. Let me see who's going to get this. When you need a lot of people to be happy, you are in fact lonely. When you got to have somebody 
that's when you're lonely. I got some amens on that. I heard voices I ain't heard before. When you got to have a lot of people, you're lonely. But when everybody is gone and you can still function on a level 10, huh? And then people are going to be looking at you like, oh, you glad I'm gone? No. I'm just functioning on a level 10. Huh? Jesus illustrated to us that he had no problem dealing with situations, going to a place all by himself. 24 and I'm finished, y'all. But the ship! Is 24 up there? Was now in the midst of the sea. Tossed by the waves. Because the wind was what? Contrary. Now, Lord, why would you send me ahead in a direction when I know you know everything? And here I am out here, and you now going to let the storm happen. Hmm? Lord, the sea obeys your will. So why don't you cry out, peace, be still. Not tonight. Not on this one. <laughs> to y'all that want me to pray that it get easy for 2024, it ain't going to get easy. You've got a storm ahead of you. Weeping still endures for a night. But joy, I would that I could tell y'all that 24 is going to be easy. I saw somebody post and say, Lord, don't let the trials and tribulations of 2023 I just want the blessings and the favor they don't realize that when they posted Lord do away with the trials and the tribulations that they're just the outer wrapping of the blessings and the favor am I right about it the Bible declared that God says I ride on every storm cloud am I right if you really want me to show up let it get ugly outside. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Can I get one witness in here that will agree with me that God has shown himself strong in some of the most tumultuous times in my life? When I said I wasn't going to make it, when I said I'm not going to get through this, that's when God showed himself strong. Isn't it funny how God will send you in a direction. And seems as though when he sends you, all hell break loose. In other words, if I had to stay where I were, I wouldn't be going through this. But Lord, but because I obeyed your word, now look at what's happening to me. Am I in here tonight? Oh, y'all not hearing me? I'm about to upset your equilibrium now. I'm not through, but I'm going to close this with a great impact. Contrary to what you think, contrary to what you have read, you think that you're reading that the disciples are really in a storm. Am I right? But I want you to read the text real good. The verse is on the screen. I want to ask you now, are the disciples really in a storm? Hmm? Hmm. If you say no, I'm going to ask you, why not? 
If you say, uh-uh, that means that you know that if you go left, I'm going right. But I'm going to ask you why if you say no. When God could have told that storm, and here, if the storm were here today, you know what the storm would say to the disciples? It would tell them, don't you know that the one that called me told me don't rage until you got out here. As a matter of fact, I was on the other side doing something else. But then God sent and spoke to the winds and told us to come by here. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Now, you would think that the disciples are out. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I guess I just can't help myself because something on the inside starting to show up on the outside. You're saying that the disciples are in the storm, but contrary to that, the only thing that I see in the storm is the boat. Lord, have mercy. Uh-huh. The Lord said, if I told you to get on it, it will sustain you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? And you know, sometimes having to feed sheep, I feel like ain't nothing but just an old boat. And as long as you stay in God's will on his word, you ain't got to worry. Because the anointing of the Lord flows from the head down. So if you see that God is pouring out a blessing on Don, somebody in here today ought to stand up and say, mine is surely on the way. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. Because that man and the God that he served uh-huh, have stood the test of all time. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. Now, I'm the boat over here where you come and worship, Eddie. But uh, what's your address? 12 what? 86. Uh, you need to know that at 1286, uh-huh, that you are the boat mm-hmm, that cash is riding on. Uh-huh. You are the boat that a Regina is riding on. Uh-huh. So when the storm comes, uh, you ought to be ready uh-huh, to totter mm, and to teal. But uh, you tell the storm uh, that God sent you to rock me and reel me. Uh, but tell the storm, don't tip me over. Oh, Lord. Uh, yes, uh, everybody in here, uh-huh, you your own boat. Uh-huh, in your own little world. But come on, somebody. Say, God, uh, I can weather the storm. Y'all know, y'all know. I can weather. The only thing that's in the storm is what God puts you on to get you to the other side. Huh? That's the only thing that's in the storm. So if you're feeling the brunt of stuff, it ain't because of what you did wrong. It's because of who God got riding on you. It's because of what God made you responsible for. See, didn't I tell you from the very beginning God going to take the foolish things of the world to confound the wisdom of this world? 
Now, what you're going through ain't because of what you did wrong. What you're going through is because of what God has made you responsible for. It could have been anybody in your place to go through, but God knew that you were going to be able to handle it. And there are other people that are riding on your strength. Because if it had been them, they would have broke apart. Huh? And you always telling the Lord to give you strength. And he said, I gave it to you. Just ride it. Come on, somebody. How do you keep a cup of coffee from spilling in a boat? No. No, Melvin Tucker showed me how to do it. Whatever you do, don't get rigid. Just let it rock. That's all you got to do. That's all I do. You just got to let that. No, don't, don't try to hold it still because you can't hold it still. Just let it ride. Come on, tell your neighbor, just let it rock. Just go with, you know, go with, go with the flow of your faith. Not what's going on, but let your faith give you what you need to just go. Stop, stop, stop staying up all night. Huh? Stop staying up all night. Worrying about stuff that you can't fix. Huh? It'll be all over in the morning. Come on, somebody. It'll be all over. If you tell them about it tonight, it'll be all over. Come on, somebody. In the morning. Come on. It will be all over. Come on. And weeping may endure for what? Night, but what? It'll be all over in the morning. God bless you. Clap your hands in this room today. The ship would tell them, you need to recognize that God cut me out to do what I'm sent to do. And that's what I feel like in 24. That God made me for this. Huh? He made you for it. You got a lot of stuff to work on, don't you? And I know you guys took a lot away from this today. I, I bless God for all of you that were in here today to share. This was pretty long. It was lengthy. I know I, I know I was long-winded. I had things that I had to get out. But I had to use myself also in things in my life. My life speaks of God's glory. Bree asks me all the time, Uncle Don, how you do that? Uncle Don, I try to give her an explanation. But I can put it in two words. Trust God. But let me tell you something. If he gave you that kind of space to be close to me, he got something that you're going to have to do because everything that you took in, he's going to use that. All you got to do is invest that. And you're going to recall because, and let me tell you why, Bree. Because y'all call me, I'm like Uncle Don. And I just got to talk to you today, baby. I talk to you. Don't take anything that you hear or watch me do for granted because if you see me do it, ask your mama and ask your grandmama. You're going to need it. And you're going to be able to apply it when that time comes. Because Raj, greater things, oh, yeah, coach got it. Coach got the truck. Coach got this. Coach got that. Coach got this. That ain't even a dip in the bucket to what God is going to do through you all. Huh? Huh? Yep. And you be seeing, sister, 
If I'd have did that, mama would have knocked me in today after tomorrow. That's how you look at it. That's your baby sister. Huh? And it ain't her test. It's y'all's. That's not Kennedy's test. That's your test. Love her through all of that. And God ain't going to ever let her take your love for granted. Charity begins at home. Hmm? I'm talking in here. It's always going to be one that's going to do the most. Sometimes I think I was that one between Janet and Jewel. Woo, boy, I put the real test on my mama's face. Did I hear you say yep? <laughs> she said the other night, because I told her, that I folded you up in the rollerway bed. Because somebody showed a picture of a rollerway bed and said, I'm this old. Y'all don't even know what they look like. She said, no, you didn't. I said, it's too late to call her. She said, that's why Janet was always busting you in your head. Because you was forever somewhere doing something. I'm trying to make a point here. She loved me through all of that. And she would give me the blues, but I bet you wasn't nobody else going to do it. I done seen her at her worst because of what was happening to me. And sometimes they know that. They know what they going to do, going to stir you up. Am I preaching the truth still? But this too shall pass. Uh-huh. Because when they go to the Olympics and they go for the goal, you don't want to be estranged. You want to be right there in Switzerland. When Kennedy be over there running, oh, I want front row tickets. And I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. Because I'm praying for you. Because I know you can run. And I want you to be the next Wilma, whatever her name is. Wilma somebody. Or the one man from which called him that ran it. That's from Lawrence County. I want her to be the next one. Come on, y'all. Tell her to be the next one. Y'all better get y'all tickets in. She'll be the next one. Huh? Rick Flo did all of his life trying to spend. He worked with Kid and Play. He sponsored two different women groups and never even got past the idea of being right out of Baltimore into Atlanta. Soon as his son wrote his first song, it went platinum. Am I right? He was sitting up at the, what's that, Grammys or Emmys? Music. He was sitting up at the Grammys. And what he did all of his life never made it anywhere. His son made his first song. Huh? Sometimes it looked like what you put in the CJ, you said, Lord, well, maybe it's going to be mediocre. You ain't seen nothing yet. You don't know where that's going. <laughs> you don't know where that's going. Do I make you proud, sis? Thank you, baby. Because she came on my post the other day and she said, 
Merry Christmas, little baby brother, in front of all them other people that be on there to be Mr. Don and things. He came and had Merry Christmas, little baby brother. And I say, I love you too, sis. Merry Christmas to you. So no one tell people to get back. This is my little baby brother. Why y'all down there doing all this? And I'd be just as proud as she is. Amen. Amen. I don't forget who I am. I remember very well who I am. God's good like that. Come to your feet. Thank y'all for being so patient. It's been, it's been, it's been a little wearing on you, but I, I needed this moment with you. And um, I hope that you're able to go and share it with somebody. And um, I, got, I just got so many, I got great expectations for you. I believe the most. Congratulations, April, passing the, the state board exam for being a, for being a funeral director. She's, a, she's now a, f a funeral director. Amen. God bless her heart. Amen. So, and you know, God can, that's why you're doing strange things. April, funeral director. Gloria, do that ever just, of all people, timid? She wasn't scary, but funeral director? Teacher or anything but a funeral director? Amen. Regina, bless you, darling. You set a path. Tracy's gone. Tracy went her way. She went on. And, and I'm talking about these, y'all like, like late bloomers. You didn't do this like straight out of high school. You came back later in midlife and went ahead and started getting certifications and career choices. Come on, give God a great hand. Amen. <laughs> now, what they, they're not telling you wait till you get up in age to do it. They're telling you if life issues it that way, don't ever say it's too late. But do whatever you can to do as much as you can right now. Amen. Gloria, you did a wonderful job with all of these girls. Amen. All of them. I don't know when Tiny going to leave the Postal Service. How long she been there? 40 years? 38 years she's been with the U.S. Postal Service. I told her I'm going to come down there and give, my, give her resignation for her. Amen. All of that long time. And I love all of you. Cassie, I think that you're doing a wonderful, marvelous job. Y'all see all this bright stuff that's going on down here? She don't do things without me. And boy, she whined and she flopped and everything. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I look down here and obviously she know what to do. It looks good around here. Amen. <laughs> she got all the lettering painted and on the front of the building and all, all the fence. I looked out there, I said, Lord, the fence is painted. She knew what to do. She knew what to do, but boy, as long as they got you there, they right there, they don't, yeah, she knew what to do. Go on, you're doing a wonderful job. And uh, Challenger Christian Academy hired Don's Mercantile to, uh, to uh, cater for their Christmas party. I cater to them anytime. <laughs> Y'all read between the lines. My tip was larger than my uh my my invoice. I don't think that's because I was her husband. I think she just rolled like that. Amen. Ellie puppy. Oh, she got milk. Boy, she already got puppy food and everything. The dogs died. The puppy's eyes ain't even open. That puppy got everything. 
a week. Call this low. Twenty twenty third. She was born the twenty third, so she's, huh? Mama, yeah, twenty. Okay, so we called her Lou. So, she, uh, yeah, she's a girl, biggest puppy you ever seen. Asked her for show the pictures. She, uh, she couldn't have but one. She had a dog. It's big, and uh, so, so yeah, yeah, and and so I'm I I say that, and. Uh, don't ever look and people, because people from the outside look and they say, Cassie's so and so and so and so because of Don. Cassie's because of who she is, because of who she is to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I was just, I was like an incubator that watched her from when I first saw her and met her to see all the giftedness that she had inside herself and it come to fruition. Amen. All right then, listen, if you all have a gift to give, Tracy, if you got a basket back there on your way out, you all give your gifts um, and, and your gift giving. If you're online and you're still here with us, you can give to you. You know how to give to all of those that are online with us. We love you. I want to thank you again, Raj, for coming. That means so much to me. It really does. And, um, and, and just I pray that something was said and done today that will be an encouragement to you. All right? And y'all give your gifts. I look forward to seeing you all next Sunday. We'll be back online. And then y'all just listen out. And, uh, and we'll see where we go from here. Anybody with anything to say to anybody? Anybody got anything to say? Eddie, you ain't got nothing to say? All this time since we've been here? All those people. Yeah. All those people yeah. Them. yeah. That's what crossed my mind when you mentioned it. Because to me, something is just right. Right. And makes me feel part of something. Right. Right. Not alone. Not alone. Wow. Never thought about that. Amazing. Amen. Anyone else with anything? No one? Nothing, April? Gloria? Nothing? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Cassie, anything? Nothing. All right, then. Bless you, darling. All right. I'll see you all soon. Go your way in the peace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Who? All right, Kita. Kita, bless you, Kita. See you in 2024. Glad to know you were there. Amen. And we look forward to seeing you and Chris. That's in Orlando, Florida. Amen. Anybody else on there say anything? Not to you. Okay. All right, then. God bless you all. I'll see you all soon.